Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast, where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs as we sit down for coffee each week. Learn just what it takes to be a business owner, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. And be sure to stay till the end to learn about the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network and how it can help you grow your business. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. Catch me up with the business. What is going on these days? Because we are always connecting on Facebook and obviously email. But, you know, a lot happens in the days and weeks that we connect. So I'm just curious, where are you at with your business today? And then we'll kind of talk about where you went, how you got here, basically. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to catch you up. And you're right. Uh, <laughs> thank God for Facebook and Instagram and social media, right? Yeah. But yeah, it is always great to like actually really connect and have these moments to really talk about, you know, business and, you know, just sort of catch up. So, you know, um, it's interesting, Ed, I've been on this, this journey of discovery in entrepreneurship and this wonderful evolution of fine tuning, pruning, um, getting rid of some aspects of my business, really uh, defining other aspects of my business. And, um, and so where I find myself now is, you know, so we met when I was really doing a lot with Envision You, which is my uh, coaching and consulting business. Yeah. And I'm really helping women to define their own business goals and to help them with their marketing and help them really etch out what it was they wanted to do in business. So I was working with a lot of startup businesses, you know, in their first one to five years and sometimes a little longer. Mm-hmm. And I really I found that, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all because I know you're a business coach and yeah. stuff, but I found that um, there was another aspect of me, like me, Teray, the person, um, that wasn't really fully being expressed in my business and that I wasn't really getting everything out of my experience, even as a coach, as an advisor, that I wanted to get out of. I found that I was just sort of working to help other people build these amazing businesses. I wasn't really building the business that just really excited me and really got me up in the morning. And yes. though I love working with these, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, 100%, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I love working with entrepreneurs. And I remember, um, I'm gonna make a lot of uh, ex-husband jokes. I hope you don't <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never listen to this. So I remember when I was married, and I remember my ex-husband giving me this article about the woman. It was something like the woman who sabotaged herself or something. And I was like, what the hell is he giving me this? But, you know, several years later, I really get it. He saw me building other people's businesses and their dreams and not really uh, fulfilling my own desire and business. And he was like, you know, that was just sort of his message. Like, you're sabotaging your own business prospects but I didn't know at the time what that business was because I had left another business called I had a business called drama smarts and I had that business for like 10 plus years and I had left drama smarts and I found myself coaching and consulting with entrepreneurs because when I was running drama smarts and I was running um, my speaking business on the side 
a lot of entrepreneurs wanted my help. So they yeah. started coming to me and they were like, can you help me? Can you help me? Well, Drama Smarts was over. I was no longer doing Drama Smarts and I was sort of in this crossroads trying to figure out like what was next. So I was like, okay, I hired a coach and guess what the coach told me? To she quit? Said, she started coaching. Oh. <laughs> and so she was like, Terrain, that's what people want to pay you for. So I started coaching and I was, you know, good at coaching, but there was still something else going on inside of me, stirring up inside of me. And so to fast forward now, um, I'm really doing some of the things that I had left behind many, many years ago. Yeah. I'm really working on two business, um, two businesses that uh, are really sort of my passion businesses and the overarching business, um, which uh, is called Teray Homes Omnimedia. And Teray Homes Omnimedia actually houses these other businesses under it. So okay. which is my business, Lily and Eve, and it's a home decor and gift shop because I'm great at decorating and home and entertaining and all of those things. And so Lily and Eve sells those types of products. It sells products for the home and products for entertaining and little and gifts, you know, um, specialty gifts. And so I just absolutely love it. And I find myself creating new products like you know, every every week I'm creating something new or I'm like really, really um, I'm sort of developing an idea or a concept I had or redeveloping that idea or concept. Yeah. It goes back to my, I'm using my gift as a poet because I, I used to write and I used to like perform poetry. So my work and my words, my poetry is in some, or, you know, part of some of the gift items that we sell. Oh, cool. And, yeah. And then, you know, my love for art and design. I've partnered up with this artist, this young African-American artist called uh, named uh, Warren Harvey. And Warren is just this amazing artist. So he and I have partnered and I'm selling some of his pieces to New Year's Eve. And, nice. uh, and just, it's just amazing. And it all came from um, two years ago, trying to figure out what was next for me um, after my divorce and I was like I need a product that I can create that brings me residual income brings me those sleep coins right yeah oh yeah <laughs> and uh, you know you and I had done um, Nicole Walters you know 1k one day class together right yeah yeah oh so I was like I need to create a product this you know that I create some sleep coins with and so I am um, I was researching and I found this poem called the giving plate and in all of these different businesses and artisans had taken that poem and they had put it on different types of plates and they were selling them all over the internet and in stores everywhere. And I was like, you know, that's cool, but I want my own, you know, sort of version of the giving plate. Yeah. So I went up late one night and I wrote a poem called The Blessing Plate. And oh my God, people, I read it to folks and they just went crazy over it. So I spent two years really trying to figure out um, how to manufacture it. And first I wanted to do the art by hand. I wanted to use this paper I got from Australia or China or wherever it was. And, and, and then I realized that that wasn't durable. It wasn't gonna, you know, um, uh, the product would not, the ink wouldn't stay on. Oh, okay. So two years to really figure out how to, to, what I was gonna do. I really wanted to do this in the US. And ultimately I ended up having to ship it overseas, but 
From the giving plate is where Lily and Eve was birthed. That one plate, when I put that out, I had realtors to come back because I'm a licensed realtor, and I'll talk about that business oh, okay. in a second. But that came, you know, so I had realtors to say, well, Teray, the giving plate is beautiful, but I want something for closings when I close for my clients. Yes. So then I wrote this poem called Home. And in fact, I was working on the piece for that today that I'm about to, um, the actual artwork that we're going to design around that poem, Home. And so I created Home. And then I had a friend who worked for a funeral, co funeral company. And she was like, well, what do you have for funerals? And I was nice. like, serious? <laughs> that is cool. So there's, there's that demand coming in. Yes. So I designed something for funeral homes. And as I started to do more research, I started to find that funeral homes give something called a um, value added gift. And so if you've ever, so ironically, I coordinated the funeral of my grandmother, Lily, back in 2016. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I turned around and I was the basically coordinator for my grandfather's funeral this past March. So I've had a lot of personal interaction with funeral home directors. And I got to talk with, both of the funerals, funerals were in the same funeral home. So I got close with the director and I started having conversations. And he was like, oh yeah, that's a value added gift. And so I designed this piece for funeral homes. So Lily and Eve, wow. it's just amazing. Like That like, is so cool. It's blowing my mind. And, like, and that's what gets me up. That's what I'm excited by. And when the ex-husband sent me that email and I was internally cursing him, yep. he was trying to send me this message or God was trying to send me this message through him that said, like, listen, great, help other entrepreneurs, but you still have your business. What is yes. and, and And though, and then I started to realize coaching and, and helping other entrepreneurs was just a service. It wasn't really my business. It's a service that I can provide to them. And so I've really pulled away from that. I focus my efforts and my attention on Lily and Eve, and um, on my real estate business where I'm helping investors um, find homes and rehab them. And I plan to be doing some of that rehab work myself. I want to do some flip projects and rehab oh, cool. myself and put my touch on them. My you know my design touch because I'm oh, yeah. as an interior designer. So it's just so I'm creating. I absolutely love and adore Martha Stewart. Like she's yep. she's just the most amazing businesswoman. And her and there's another woman that a lot of people don't know about, but her name is B. Smith. And B. Smith was a model, and she was a restauranteur. She owned B. Smiths, which was a restaurant in Manhattan and one here in D.C. Oh, and um, and she was a lifestyle expert. So I'm really creating Teray Homes on the media around those two women, a lifestyle expert, home, entertainment, home decor, mm -hmm, and gifting. And so that's where I know it was a lot. You asked me one question. No, but... no, it's good. Because <laughs> I didn't know all of that. And, and, you know, you bring up so many great points. Uh, you know, you just mentioned the key word for me and I think all of all of entrepreneurs everywhere, um, but it's really coming down to that one word, focus. And I 100% agree with you, like where I'm at in my business now, going into my fifth year now of being out on my own fully. And there's been so many pivotal moments. And 
And it's very interesting because I'm in that stage, as you mentioned as well, where we're fine tuning things and we're letting certain things go and we're really focusing in on what makes it work for us, what we get out of bed for and what we want to do. And so that's what I'm doing with this Yes Entrepreneurship brand. And, and it's, it's why I brought the podcast back because people kept listening and they wanted, they kept getting followers even though I wasn't promoting it. And so it's been very interesting because the signs have all been there. And, and I, I touch on them here and there with the different businesses I've created, but nothing has been packaged together up until now. And so it's it's like, I got chills when you started talking about that. Cause I'm like, we're in the same boat. How awesome. <laughs> we're rowing baby in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and I love how you talked about value added gifts and, and the fact that it started with the giving plate uh, poem and how you were like, you know what, I, I, I like that, but how can I make this better? And you probably heard me say this a hundred times, but I always say that too, where it's like, I'll see something and my brain's automatically like, okay, that's cool, but how can I make this better? And then I start creating sketches and notes and everything, you know, like yeah. my selfie stick tripod. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. However, if it had X, Y, Z and I start making this and I'm like, I'm never gonna make that. I mean, I don't know. I'm at this point. I'm not making any selfie stick tripods. But if I wanted to, hey, I got the I got the sketch here, and I just need to find somebody to do it. <laughs> what? So the thing is, Ed, is that I wasn't trying to make Lily and Eve better. I wasn't trying to make the blessing plate better. Yeah. I was just listening to what we are taught in business. Yes. Listening to customers. Listen to what they're asking you for. Yes. What you want may not be what they want, right? Exactly. So when I launched my business and I launched it online, I launched Lily and Eve online, it was so crazy. The items that sold first were items that I thought about getting rid of. No and they kidding. Were the first items that sold. So I was not necessarily like, how can I make this better? I was I was des I was basically just listening to what people were saying to me. And when, when my realtor friend said to Ray, I want a closing gift, I was like, okay, let me write a poem. Yes. And, and it took me months and months and months to finally, this week is when I finally hit it and was like, oh my God, this is what I'm gonna do with the poem home. And this is gonna be the gift for the realtors. And last week I finally narrowed down the gift for the funeral homes. So it took me, when you talk about getting out that pen and sketching, yes. sketching out, right? But it took me listening to them first, not me saying, how can I make it better? Okay. It, hey, let me listen to them and let me go and create what they said they wanted. And, and that is, that's the key is the listening. And let me ask you, um, when you launch and when you, whenever you do uh, regular product launches in general, how are, how are you getting the word out to people? Cause you know, we always hear with entrepreneurship and everything, we always hear, oh, you know, go ahead, get your website up. And once it's built, you're good to go. And it's like, well, no, you've got to put some work into it. And, and the, the whole another step, step takes place. And so how are people hearing about you with the marketing aspect? So I will tell you that I'm doing a multitude of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you do, you have to have a marketing plan that includes various aspects of marketing. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, most people who start businesses are not entrepreneurs. They right. become entrepreneurs. They become entrepreneurs as a result. 
And what I mean by that is that they just have a product or a concept. They're like, hey, I just want to start a business, right? But you learn aspects of what it takes to actually sell that product or service. And so one of the things that I'm doing, of course, is, um, well, let me back up. Mm-hmm. One of the issues I had was my initial products, which were the best in place, and then I had these wine coasters. These okay. wine coasters that say, you know, they have these really cool wine coats on them and such. Well, those were some of my initial products. They have to be shipped. So I was very leery about launching without having a product, but I was told that you just let people know, hey, you're ordering pre, you're pre-ordering, and it's going to take X amount of time, and you keep them informed. So using yes. platforms like Facebook and Instagram, starting there, but most of my sales came through uh, word of mouth, and it was my warm market. So me texting people calling people and emailing people old school direct contact i love that contact emailing texting and phone calling picking up the phone hey i just launched lily and eve i would love to have your support this weekend we're running a promotion this weekend only and that's where my initial sales came from now i will tell you that my plan moving forward um is I've just learned so much in these past few months. Oh yeah. One of the things that I that I'm doing is I am going to be vending and I'm going to vend all of our products that are around entertaining. Okay. So when I go and vend at events, I'm going to offer uh, some snacks and some drinks. Yes. It's all about entertaining, right? So if I have a table set up and I'm offering little wine spritzers, tiny wine spritzers, yep. and tiny sampling of food, that draws people to your table. My products are all about entertaining, so why not have those different, you know, uh, little treats for the people who come to the table? Oh, totally. I'm already envisioning like walking up to your booth and there's some nice warm lighting and some cool color going on, and then you've got the the nice little fancy snacks, and I'm like. What is this? This is so different. <laughs> exactly. So that's is that that's exactly what we're doing. So we have our t-shirts and our t-shirts are wine t-shirts. We can't wait to get to California. <laughs> yes. Wine country. We can't wait to get there. But we have our wine t-shirts, we have our coasters, um, we have we'll have aprons. Um, and so we have all of these these different items that are all about entertaining. So while I have home decor items, the home decor items will not be at the vending tables. The okay. only thing will be at the vending table are the entertainment pieces. And that came to me because I was like, when you talk about focus, we try and do too much sometimes. Always, yes. <laughs> and so instead of bringing everything that Lily and Eve has, I said, I'm just gonna bring the entertainment piece. Love that. The other thing I'm doing Ed, is, and I can't say which show. I can't mention the show. Sure. I actually auditioned for a um, a reality TV show. Oh so, snap! <laughs> <laughs> and so that won't um, come into fruition until next year. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on the show, and we'll go into re- we'll go into filming um, in January. Oh cool! And once it actually airs the attention that's brought to the brand from yes. that 
out the TV show is part of my marketing plan. It's exactly. Um, so smart. Yep. And then the last thing are our um, podcasts and then um, television interviews. So yep. talking on podcasts and talking about something that you know about um, as it pertains to like, I'm talking to you about business because I know business. I'm not talking to you about Lillian E or my real estate company. I'm talking to you about business. Right. So those are the different ways to really market and get your business out there and to do it creatively and not to be in those lanes where there is, there's a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of traffic in the reality TV world lane. Sure. There's not a lot of traffic even in the um, getting on the news or getting on television. There's really not a lot of traffic. And if you can figure out a way to get that type of marketing behind you, um, then you can really market and have successful launches with your business. See, and that and that's really cool. Let me ask you, do you have uh, a team behind you right now or is it mostly just you? Because that's always something that comes up, obviously, in entrepreneurship is that we, especially in the beginning, we start wearing all of the hats and it can be very hard to out outsource other things because we want to protect everything. And so, and because of budgets and everything, we're, we're afraid to, you know, add somebody, no matter how big or small their part may be. And so, um, hearing you with all of this going on, I'm like, wow, this is a ton of things going on. And I'm like, are you doing it all? Or do you have a team behind you? First of all, I'm a crazy lady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm a crazy guy. I'm an insane lady. So anyway, uh, you gotta have a little bit of insanity to be an entrepreneur anyway. Uh, totally. So it's, so a couple of things. I wanna, I wanna share this because yeah. Florida has nothing to do with the, the question you just asked, but it also has everything to do with the question you just asked. Love it. There was a time when, um, as an entrepreneur, I was, I thought that I needed to stay up to two, three, four o'clock in the morning to get things done. And I was staying up crazy hours, and then I was sleeping later than I wanted to. My day was getting started later, and I was just like, I was, I was doing it, and I was getting the work done two, three o'clock in the morning, but how effective was I truly, right? Exactly. And, and I was doing a lot of stuff. And I trained myself this summer. I made a commitment and I was like, you know what? I am going to bed at such and such time, even if I have to drink a little martini to help me get there. Yep. I'm going to bed at a decent hour before say 11 and I'm getting up every morning between seven and seven thirty. That's my commitment. Oh my God. I did that and my whole freaking life changed and my business changed. And you know, this idea that you gotta get up at 5 a.m. No, but mm -hmm. up at an earlier time. So one of the things that I do now is that I'll get up between 7, 7.30, typically it's about 7.30. And then I um, I set my workout time between eight and, eight and nine o'clock. Yeah. And then eat every day at 10. So I'm eating every day at 10 and then I have this schedule. I'm yes. telling you that to say that that helped me to be able to do many of the things I'm doing because I'm scheduling my time and I'm blocking my time. And yes. that was really important for me to block my time. I read a great book. I'm with Keller Williams, um, age, you know, real estate. Oh, yeah. And Gary Keller, who is the founder of Keller Williams, wrote a wonderful book called The One Thing. And in The One Thing, he talks about focusing and he talks about blocking off time. And the fact that you don't have to just do one thing 
but you got to do one thing at a time. Exactly. And right. that, I love that you say that because I tell people all the time, we have to have office hours and you have to do what I call a time audit, especially in the beginning. And every so often we have to adjust, of course, but we have to do a time audit where we are seeing what we're doing in our day and then figuring out where we can start batching things and where we can start putting those time limits because that's what exactly what you just said it's like it makes a world of difference and you actually have more time to do more things yes you have those limits in place yes so that's an excellent book to read and it teaches you all about everything you just said. I don't know if you've read it. But... No, I'm, I'm gonna, I just wrote it down because I'm like, I need to check that one out too. Everything you just said is in the book. So going back to your original question about having a team. Yeah. So my team consists of, I have an assistant in the Philippines. I'm okay. about to place him only because um, I just think that uh, we're, not, we're not working out because I think that he's a, he's a very young guy. And I yeah. think he still doesn't have the skills to really understand business sure. and, and what, what, what it means to really be dedicated and focused and committed. I think he's still having a good time and is interfering in our work. So, but he's really good. And so I have an assistant in the Philippines. He does a lot of my um, administrative work. Okay. He'll telephone calls for me. He'll research for me. He'll type up things for me. He'll, he'll insert my business cards. Um, he will, oh my God, what else does he do? He's great with video, so he'll do some of my video work. Um, he was doing my social media, but I pulled him back from that. And so uh, one of the things I would um, tell people is that yeah, this is like my, maybe my eighth or ninth assistant. What oh. I learned going through all of these assistants over the past 15, 20 years is that, and, and it took me a while to learn this, I compartmentalize what it is I have my assistants doing. I don't have any assistant doing everything. So yes. his focus currently has been on my real estate stuff. That's okay. what his focus has been on. Um, I also have him doing video work because you want your assistant to do what they're good at. I pulled him away from making certain telephone calls for me because he was not good at it. So I put him on task that he was good at and I did see better results from that. Um, and so so that's what he does. Then I have two women here um, in the States and they both actually live in Maryland where I live. They're two retired women. They have a lot of energy. They're just, I mean, I love these two women. And one of them, when I do speaking engagements, she travels with me. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I put her in my contract. Okay. That's so awesome. She gets a room. She travels with me. She and she loves it, right? She gets this free. Yeah. She gets to hang out with cool people, you know. Oh, that is awesome. And so she travels with me. She's 74 years old. She's freaking amazing. And, you know, she makes sure I, I eat. She'll go get my breakfast in the morning, my lunch, my dinner, like make sure everything is good. Then she'll man my tables for me and sell my products and services. And this woman pumps me up like no other. So people are like, damn, who's Teray? She must be a celebrity the way she's talking about her. <laughs> so I love her. And that's what, so she does that for me. But she also, uh, I have her to do a few other little things here and there. But she's the one who travels with me. And, um, and then with my 
uh, funeral home gifts, she's going to be the one going to the funeral homes actually um, selling the product. And she's really great with people and she has an amazing rapport with just people and just sort of pumping things up and selling things. So that's one person. Then I have my other person who, um, Jackie. Jackie does some, Jackie's better with technology. So Jackie's sure. like in 60s, right? So when I interview people, I typically, I'll choose like, if I get, get like 100 applicants for something, I'll pick say the best 15. Then yeah. I'll send the best 15 to Jackie. I'll have Jackie to interview them over Zoom, record it, write notes, and then choose the best five for me to interview. That is awesome. Now, how did you find these uh, ladies? Because they sound amazing. And it, to me, that is just uh, awesome that one, they want to do that. And two, that you found them and be, were able to give them this whole new gift, basically, of letting them do their thing and really keep things moving. And that's what I love. So, so Mary, uh, my friend who's in her 70s, we met in real estate school. Oh, okay. Together, she never got her license. Um, you know, she just found it to be a bit challenging. But we met in real estate school. Mary does so much for me when, she, when I'm when I'm like busy working crazy, and she knows I'm working. Mary will go pick up dinner for me. She'll cook and bring the food over. Oh my gosh! Yes, like she she's like I know you've been working. You probably haven't had a chance to get food. So what do you want? You want me to bring you something, or she'll say I cook X, Y, and Z. So that's important, right? To have that tribe of people to believe in you. Yes. You have to believe in what you're doing. And if you believe in what you're doing and you have the passion, you will attract those people who also buy into and believe in what you're doing. So Mary has been like, whatever I can do to help, Mary's actually one of the investors in Lillian Eve. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I met her. Uh, and then Jackie, interestingly, you're gonna love this. I'm, I'm like, I need to come over there and meet all of these ladies, because I'm like, hey, what's happening? Come on, I have a guest room, guest bedroom. There you, know, you go. Let's hang out, let's get to DC, let's go yeah. to some business networking events, let's do it. Oh my gosh, we would tear up DC. I've never been in, oh my gosh. Welcome to New York, have you been yeah. to New York? Yeah, yeah, New York, yeah. I'm a total East Coaster at heart, and New York's my thing, but it's been a few years. I'm on to D.C., so I would love to, uh, to host you. So so then Jackie, Jackie does things for me like um, like if I have, and actually her and Mary will do this, but Jackie does it more so than Mary. So like if I'm speaking locally, Jackie will come and be my videographer and my photographer. Yes, she'll yes, yes. Yeah, she'll come and <laughs> take me speaking. She'll um, just do little snippets. She'll take pictures for me. I'll just pay her, you know, for the day, you know, just yeah. something because, you know, she's retired. And then um, she will set up my tables. Mary usually will set up my tables here only because when she travels, she knows my system. Sure. But then Jackie will, um, so say like I did an event for someone recently and Jackie came and set up for me and helped me serve people and host people for this event. So they both will help me host. Now, here's how I met Jackie. So, okay, business cards. I am the queen of business cards. Okay. I have a ton of freaking business cards. And I was hosting a conference about two years ago. My new conference, uh, Your Opportunities Are Unlimited. Oh, nice. And 
um, I was, we were doing it in Cleveland. So I separated my business cards into states because I've lived in Alabama, Ohio, New York. Oh my God, the list, Illinois, the list goes on. Okay. So I, and then I have like, when I go to conferences and stuff, I'll have the random batch. So these are like my you know, hodgepodge of business cards. So I'll separate these out. And when I was doing the conference, I went through all of my Cleveland business cards to invite people from Cleveland to this event. I had not, I had met Jackie one time, but I had her on my email list and we had only met one time and we had met maybe seven years prior. I called her up to invite her to my event. And she said, oh my God, I can't come because I'll be in Maryland. Now I was living in Maryland, but my event was in Cleveland. Okay. In Maryland because I'm thinking about moving to Maryland. And I was like, what? She's like, yes. So she said, but I follow you and I've been wanting to get to some of your events. I've been wanting to like be in your presence, you know, be a part of what it is you do. And you know, she said, I get your emails. I had never, I hadn't met, you know, I met this woman time. And picking up my business cards and doing that, we have such an amazing friendship. We have such a great business relationship. And it's all from keeping in contact. So even if you think, okay, I haven't spoken to these people since the day I got the business card, right. we'll never forget you. And if you put them in your email system, if you put them on automation, and you're sending them emails from time to time and you're helping them to keep up with what's happening in the business, you'll be amazed at who's watching, who's paying attention and who wants to be part of your tribe. And yes. that's just that person. And I helped her get here. I helped her move here. Um, and wow. I've just been supportive of her. She's been super supportive of me. And we just, we just really vibe. We speak the same language. And she's just my people, you know, how they say, you know, when you find your people, Jackie is just my people. And that's how we connected. Now that is so awesome. And, and so this is, this is what I love about it is because all the dots keep connecting and people are coming together. And, and it, it brings me always back to, you've been able to expand the team. And again, you know, just thinking, and the early stages and for some entrepreneurs it's they've well into their journey and they still haven't done this um what what's been challenging in terms of trying to grow your team in order to grow the business because finances for most people are usually the, the hardest parts the tight and, budgets and i didn't even really talk about financial piece but you're absolutely right what a lot of entrepreneurs my budget is just as tight as the next entrepreneur, probably even even tighter, because I don't have an nine to five. Yeah. Everything I do is, you know, I, I make up my money every month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up as I go along, right? Um, but for my worker in the Philippines, he'll work 30, 40 hours for me. And like, if I tell you what I pay him, you'll be like, what? Right, but right. It's the salary for that. He, he's the one who said what he wanted and I gave him what he wanted. Yeah. I gave him $150 a month. Wow. Yeah. So if you're willing to sacrifice a couple of dinners with you and your friends for the month, you can get you an assistant too in the Philippines. Right, right. Hello? So some of the things that he does for me, if you think about it, like video work and editing work, I'll pay somebody $100, $200, $300 to edit something. Oh, yeah. What is that for me? So 
you have to be willing to put some money to the side because if you have a business you should have some money right yep so I, I, so I pay him like one fifty a month, and then I may pay him some bonuses for certain things that we're working on. Sure. Uh, but then for Jackie and Mary, I pay them per assignment. Okay. Yeah. They're not on my on my payroll. I pay them per, per assignment, and yep. we always just agree. Okay, so um, are you cool with me paying you X, Y, and Z for this? And right. Like, and that's what we do. Yep, and having that agreement is huge. That's that's what I always saw entrepreneurs, and, and letting them know is that you have to have an agreement and making sure that everyone stays on the same page. Because you know, especially I think early on, people just jump in, and which you know that's how we all usually start, um, and they don't realize that they do need to have some kind of a contract, an agreement that both parties agree on. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go get a lawyer signature and all this stuff. Like, just something that you can come back to if there's any kind of disagreements to be like, no, this is what we covered and this is what it is to protect oh, ourselves. Because they just do random assignments and random work for me, you don't have anything in right that we basically say, okay, so, okay, when you travel with me, how about I pay you X amount of money? And they're like, she's like, okay. When Jackie does something for me, I'm like, okay, when you come to this event, I'm gonna pay you X amount of money. And Jackie says, okay, and that's it. Yeah, and, and that's really, that can be, especially because you guys have such an established relationship, that is uh, that is totally fine you know i sat in on a uh, obviously i'm not a lawyer but um i sat in uh on a workshop given by a lawyer and they were talking about you know the different contracts if you will and we may think that everything has to be this formal document that's signed and formatted with all the correct legal terms and everything but at the end of the day a contract can be anything again I'm not a lawyer but from the lawyer said that it can be anything from the verbal to the email to the formal to Absolutely. we get receipts every day from from the store when we purchase something that's a contract <laughs> yeah let me tell you in the state of ohio um and i just learned this because i was working on a real estate deal <laughs> and in, a, in the state of ohio a verbal agreement is a agreement that can, you can go to court on that mm -hmm. you know so in other states as well a verbal agreement is just as powerful as any other agreement but you still want to get things in writing yeah oh yeah I don't so for like my guy in the philippines even though it's in the philippines we have our stuff in writing what it is i did a, a contract with him you have uh, to yeah um, when i'm working with, when i'm working with people on a more um continuous basis i always do a contract any assistance i've ever had but because mary and jackie just work per assignment we just agree upon prices per assignment yeah and um, like I said, Jackie's good at technology, so she'll do some of my technology stuff. She's just a little better. And then Mary's great at just being in people's face. She's just an in-your-face, 74 years old, full of energy, full of life. And she talks about me like I'm just, you know, like a, a, just a goddess. See? Like, Thank you. And that's that's what's awesome. And when you, when you were searching for... And maybe not just for them, because it might have been a little bit more natural with them. But when you look back at the different assistants that you've worked with and, and have figured out, because you made a good point here, that you are allowing them to do what they're good at. And that, I feel like, takes time for you, the business owner, to figure out how that works. So I'm just curious, like, how did that play out for you? Because that, that's a big one. 
So that's a great question. Uh, Jackie and I were initially working on this other business concept together that didn't quite pan out. Okay. Which that's what sort of brought her here to Maryland. And and we just talked about it ironically yesterday. So I'm like, Jackie, I haven't given up on it, but I have to really rethink and work the business model around. Yeah. And that's what happens. That's what happens, you know. That we go through that, like like I mentioned before. You've seen that I've gone through a couple different business ideas. Some yeah. I brought full on to, to life, and you know what? It just yeah. wasn't the right no. time, and it wasn't the right place. You know, when I did the whole online course platform, I knew I was going to be removing some of the friction for people who were not techie by building this course platform. But And it was beautiful, but at the same time, I wasn't, my passion's not the online course platform world. So I had to be okay with letting that go even though i spent money on it and i spent a lot of time on it i'd be okay with letting that go because it's brought me to where i'm at now where i can excel with my passion so i 100 percent get that it's um and like with jackie like i felt really bad because our initial business agreement was around a different business and that business did not pan out and i felt so bad but as a result of that i've been able to help her you know, keep money in her pocket, and yeah. you know, um, she started doing some other things and have been giving her some money. And every time I'm thinking about the business, and when this thing is really, you know, Lily and Eve, um, when everything is really set, you know, her, she and Mary are the two who I'm like, I'm gonna make sure they're taken care of because they've been so good to me in the developmental stages of my business. Okay. So in terms of, um, I think you were asking me, how did I find them? No, yeah. how did how how did you figure out their gifts? Because I feel like that's a that's a really hard one to do. Because most people are like, I need the magical unicorn of no. assistance, and I'm going to give them everything to do, and they're not doing it right. It's almost right. like social media, right? It's like everyone can jump on social media, and they're like, ah, social media doesn't work for me. I hate it. And it's like, that's because you're putting all your eggs in one basket, and you're expecting one post to bring you millions. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so for them. Because I've had so many assistants, I have learned to listen carefully. It comes back to that listening. And to quickly make decisions. When you notice someone doesn't do something well, you don't you don't beat them up like you're not doing this well, you're not doing this good. No, you shift gears and you say, Okay, well they don't do this part well, they do this part. Let me focus more on this. Let me pull that away from them. Or if it's a matter of if I give them a little bit of training, that they'll do that even better. But a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of not coaching well before you ask someone to do something. Not giving them enough information to do the job well from the very beginning. Literally teaching them how to do it before you ask them to do it. Making sure. So one of the things that I do is I use Zoom a lot. Yeah asking my assistant in the Philippines, Eric, to do something, we have a meeting every Monday, every Thursday morning. We get on Zoom first. And if I'm asking him to do something, I'm showing him on Zoom before I teach it, before I ask him to execute it. That is so perfect. So that comes from me. I was a classroom teacher for over 15 years. So before I taught a lesson, before I gave my students a lesson, you got to teach the lesson. And I have to show you how to do it before I can ask you to show me what you know. To show, you know, so sometimes, some people you have will say, I don't need you to show me anything, right? Right. Let them go, right? You let them go and do it, and if they fall on their faces, then you know that that's a person that's not coachable. 
Because if you didn't know how to do it and you didn't want me to show you how, then you're not the right person for me. Exactly. So with these ladies, I pay attention and, and the ladies and with Eric, I pay attention, but I also hire people based on what it is that I know they do well. So if I'm asking, that's why that whole process of um, mostly everything that Eric does, he does well. Like just mostly, mostly everything he does, he does well. Yeah. Um, he needs a little coaching around some things, but he's a very quick learner, super quick learner. Um, but the thing is, is that it all begins with your hiring. If you're very specific about what you're looking for, not task, but skills. Anybody can do task, any monkey, rabbit, whatever can do a task, but we're talking about a skill, right? Yeah. If you are specific about the skills you want, this task don't make a difference. Like anybody can put in business addresses for business cards. Right. Anybody can pick up the telephone and make an appoint a call for an appointment and you can teach them how to do it better, but skills, Eric is very good at videography. That's a skill. Oh, yeah. He is very good at talking to people and making them feel comfortable. That's a skill. So that is where you want to hire. You want to hire people based on the skill that you need. Oh, I love that. And, and, and let me ask you, too, how are you keeping track of everything? Because there's so many things going on, and, and I'm just curious if you're using, like, a tool, a project management system, or what are you using if anything, to help you keep track of all this? Um, Google is my friend. <laughs> Google Drive. Yep. <laughs> so Google Drive, um, I basically, I create folders in Google Drive, and I share those folders only with the people who are part of that assignment. Okay. Yep. So that's one of the ways I keep track of what it is that I'm doing. And I'm able to communicate with the different people um, who are part of what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, Google Drive. So I set up the Google Drive, I set up the folder for whatever, and I only share folders pertinent to what that person is working on. Gotcha. And then in addition to that, this little brain of mine keeps too much information. It's ridiculous. I'm crazy every day. Yep. <laughs> but, um, but one of the things that has helped me too, as I said to you before, when I cut out coaching, and I cut out all that stuff that I was doing, I'm able to focus more on these other, these two aspects of my business. And I don't feel overwhelmed like I was, like I was feeling previously. When I was trying to do the coaching, and I was trying to create the courses, and I was trying to do the, the, um, you know, all of the, oh my God, content. Oh, yes, content. I was going freaking crazy. And so it's not to say I won't get back to creating all of that wonderful content, but I'm far more clear now on what my business is, business is. So my content is part of it and my content is going to be fine now, you know? See. Yeah. And that's what's cool. And, and let me ask you, because you've done a lot and, and I know you've been um, interviewed before and everything. I'm curious, is there ever a question that you had hoped somebody asked you, but you never actually got asked? No, no, not necessarily a question I hope someone would ask me. But one of the things that I that I like to talk about or that I don't often get asked because people don't really know the connection. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. 
My grandfather was the first entrepreneur I ever laid eyes on. And I first was able to say, wow, he's a, a business owner. And that was my first taste to entrepreneurship. And one of the things that I loved as a kid was being able to go to his office after school and him being able to leave the office with you know my, my siblings and I and my mom and take us to get ice cream because he oh, was that's cool and just being able to have the freedom he had because he was the boss now I didn't see how hard he worked you know behind the scenes because he did but I saw this man who uh, grew up in Arkansas had like a seventh or eighth grade education if that um, who was not super literate I saw him be very successful as, as an entrepreneur before, you know, social media was even a thing and build a business where he was making, he was bringing home a thousand dollars a day. Wow. And we lived, well, we didn't, but my grandparents lived in this community called Cleveland Heights. And back there, they moved in there in the seventies and they moved their little, they moved their little, uh, roughneck group of nine children from the inner city of Cleveland. They, my, my mother and her brothers and sisters grew up with Steve Harvey um, in an area called Glenville. And Glenville was, you know, a lower middle class, a lower class working folk, black folks back then, you know, in the 60s and 70s. And um, that's when my mom and her siblings grew up. When they were teenagers, my grandfather bought a house in Cleveland Heights, which was a suburb that was mostly like Jewish. And so he brings his nine children. Oh, wow. <laughs> inner city to Cleveland Heights. And there, our neighbors were, was the, um, the owner of American Greetings. Wow. And the house wasn't like, you know, it was still kind of modest. It was modest, I guess, to, in today's, you know. Sure. Um, now, today is modest, right? But for nine kids, it only it has six bedrooms. So the boys all shared these rooms up in the attic. It was like two bedrooms up in the attic, and all the boys shared bedrooms up in the attic. And the kid, and the boys, a few of them were a little older, so they were at the age they were moving out. But still, there were nine kids under this roof. Wow. And he did that through entrepreneurship, being able to start his own business um, in the eighties in the 70s um i think it was like late 70s early 80s and then he couldn't really even truly read and write but he had heart and passion and he was a hard worker and so that's the story that i love to share with people that you know there are no no excuses um no true obstacles if you can't do it with all of the tools and resources that we have available to us then you don't want to do it I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. Be sure to head over to yestoentrepreneurship.com for more episodes as well as information on how you can join the Yes to Entrepreneurship network. The network brings together ambitious entrepreneurs, you, the Why Notters, who want to grow their business online and master the basic principles of organic marketing so they can connect with their ideal audience collaborate with fellow business owners, and create engaging content that actually converts into sales so that they can build a sustainable business over time. Join the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network today at yestoentrepreneurship.com.